The titles that the Bible gives these verses is Ask, Seek, and Knock. That's the title that is in Scripture that it gives it. A lot of times preachers want to give it a title of the message. And originally I had, I was having a hard time. I was indecisive of what I was going to name it, and I was going to put, you keep a knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> you know? And as I looked at that, I said, no, Rob, that's, 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 you know, that's not what it says. It says that if you ask, it will be given to you. And if you seek, you will find. But then I, as, as I continued to study, I saw why I chose that. But the Lord wanted me to give something a little bit more hero-friendly. You know, not that we watered down the gospel here because I love that. Since I've been here, I see that both Pastor Joe and Dylan challenge us. And the message that was preached, I don't know, a couple months ago says that God will challenge us. God will challenge us. The Christian life is not an easy one, but it's worth it's worthwhile. Amen. It's worthwhile. So I put another title on it. I want to give it down in the end. I want to keep you waiting for it. But um, I just want to ask a question. Is it like, wait a minute, Rob? You know, the, that's not what we just read. That's not what we just read. It's totally the opposite. But just give me a, give me a minute, and I want to ask a question. All right? If what we just read is true, and it's true in a lot of people's lives, but in other people's lives it's not true, then why is it that even Christians included that, that we are asking and we are not receiving? All right? That we, that, that we are seeking and we are not finding, that we are knocking and doors are not being opened. In fact, it seems like doors are being closed. Amen. There's doors are being closed, right? But some could relate to this and some can't. I'm like stuck in the middle. I couldn't relate and then I could relate. And it wasn't until I came to this church. And in, in the different times in, in your journey and in, in your walk of life, sometimes it is true, sometimes it's not. But for about, I don't know how many years, it wasn't true to me. It didn't seem that, that, that the Lord was listening. I was asking, I was knocking, I was searching. And I said, it's not a coincidence that I had to preach on this. And it wasn't until I came here where I didn't want to come and started listening to the messages here, started fellowshipping with the leaders here, that God started changing that around. Sometimes we have to wait a long time before it is given to us. Sometimes we have to wait a long time before the doors start to open. But God is always there. God is always there. So just bear with me for a minute. And I had mentioned it could be for a lot of reasons. It's good that God could be growing our faith. Amen. That's why that our answers are not being prayer. Doors are not being opened. It's probably not his time. All right. Maybe waiting for his time. Maybe we paying the consequences of a sin. Amen. God always answers our prayers. I heard that he says yes, no. Wait. And it's his time, in his time. Remember that he lives in eternity. Maybe it is a trial. Maybe it's a trial that we're going through. And man, again, some of us could relate to this, but I want to just clarify why this isn't true because it says here, this is the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is the one that's saying that. For us, that we can ask and it'll be given, that we will seek and we will find. 
And if we will knock and it will be open up to us. So then why I'm saying what I'm saying. If we go to James, if you want to go to your scripture, a long time a missionary says there's three things that we should bring to church. A Bible, a pen, and a pad. And I did it for years. And then every time the guys preach, I come, I write stuff down, I go home, and that becomes my devotional for the week. You know, reading, reviewing the scripture that, 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 was, that was read. So in James, we're going to read a few verses, and I'm not going to go deep into it, but this is the answer to what I'm saying. It says here in James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, it says, What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wave wars within you? You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. Now here it is. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask wrong with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. It says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship, and if I had the Bible in front of me, I would bring it up. It says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the, with the word is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be the friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Or do you think it's without reason that the scripture says the spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely. We serve a jealous God. He doesn't want us part-time. He doesn't want partial service. Worship is not just coming up and singing songs. Worship is living a life of worship. Every day, not only on Sunday, but during the week. And do we, all, do we measure up? None of us measure up. It's only because of the blood, the blood of Christ that, that we can come before him. And then verse 8 says here, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And if we want God, if we want to ask, and he wants us to give us. If we want to knock and he wants it to be open to us. If we want to seek and find, here it is. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you, cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. That's a mouthful. We're not going to get into all of this, but it says right there, there's a reason. Why sometimes we're asking and not receiving. We're knocking and it's not being open to us. And it's better, like Dylan said, like, I want you guys to hear God's words, not mine. I could say anything, but you can interpret that the way you want it to. But it's plain and simple. It's plain and simple. If we can't walk to both sides of the street, I heard a bishop say that. We're either going to serve God or we're not. We're not perfect. It's had nothing to do with salvation, but God loves us unconditional, but his promises are not. There's things that we need to do. There's things that we need to do. Double-minded, what's been the problem in my life for the past 40 years? Being double-minded, not trusting God, not really believing in God, and here I am preaching the word of God now, but it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many things have God has called me to do 
and I keep saying that I'm not good enough and that I don't trust him, the promises of God are for you but not for me because I'm not worthy but you are. You know, and that's a lie from the devil, and I keep believing the lies of the devil. And I haven't felt this good, brothers and sisters, for the, again, for the past 15-plus years. And when I went to that retreat, it changed my life. I wish we could go every three months or every six months or more than once a year. But it, it was awesome. I had an awesome experience. So now James here, James tells us how Matthews can be true. God has confirmed this message from the beginning when Sister Ethel came up here. And she humbled herself. He saw that. She didn't do it for vain glory so everybody could see. She was moved. She was talking to my wife, I believe, earlier about that. And all of a sudden, Dylan sang that song. And then she came up. See how the Lord orchestrates things. You know, and we're here because... Not so much that we decided to come. That's good. We were obedient. We came. We're here because God wants us here. God wants us here. You know, this is not a beat obsession. I'm just saying what the scripture says. That in another part of James, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that's, that has been me. That has been me for most of my life, being unstable. It doesn't matter if, if, if we are never going to measure up. In between Pastor Pat my old pastor before I came here, and Pastor Joe, they have taught me that, you know what, we're never going to measure up. Come to God as you are. Come to God with a sincere heart. You know, it's not about us anyway. It's about him. Amen. So it's God that transforms our hearts once we, once we submit ourselves to him. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6, it says to trust the Lord in all your ways. Let me just read it from here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. So why is it a lot of times we go on how we feel? And we go our own way. We do things the way that we want. And that's not, that's not the way it is. You know, we're going to, God is going to answer our prayers. When we ask him, if we seek him, we're going to find him. If we grow near to him, he's going to grow near to us. If we knock, it will be open. Amen? It's going to happen. Then we're going to read verses 9 to 11. It says, who among you, if his son will ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? So he's just letting you know, look, ask me. I know what you need. He said, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask them? Amen. Amen. How many of us reward our children when they misbehave? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> when they misbehave or they don't get good grades in school or they they're being disrespectful. All right, if they don't fulfill their chores, don't raise your hand. That's a message for another day. So the same way that we don't reward our children when they misbehave, neither does God. His mercies and his grace are new every day. But, and they say that King David was a man after God's own heart, committed adultery, murder, and all this kind of stuff, and he still had to pay the consequences. 
The baby that was born out of adultery died. God told him that the sword would never depart from his house because of what he did. Amen. So we are going to pay the consequences of our sin. Doesn't mean that we're not going to go to heaven. Doesn't mean that we're going to go to heaven. I'm not talking about that. If we truly receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are saved unto the day of redemption. The Bible says that we are sealed. We are sealed is a done is a done deal. But God will not be mocked either. God will not be mocked. We either for him or against him. He's for us. Yes, God loves us. Yes, God forgives us. Yes, he showers us with mercies every morning. Amen. Every morning, it says that his mercies are new every morning. But we ought to pay the consequences. We do pay. And a lot of times, he don't treat us the way we deserve. Thank you, Lord. Exactly right. I should have been in prison. I don't know how many times over. I ain't going to say for what. But even though I never went to prison, in my own mind, it took me over 30 years to forgive myself for things that I did. And there were some times that I said I'd rather be in prison than just do my time and, and come out, but God had another plan. Amen. But there are consequences, people. There are consequences. So thank God for his mercies that are new every morning. And I said, God wants to give us new things. God wants to give us things. These verses just, just said it to us there. I remember when um, the first Rocky movie came out in the 70s. I was living in North Philly. And the first Rocky with Sylvester Stallone. There's so many different type of Rockies came out, but I'm talking about Rocky with Sylvester Stallone. And he said something to Adrian at one point. He says, I want to buy you good things. I want you to have good things. Right? You remember that? Yeah. Amen. So God wants to give us good things too. He wants to bless us. Amen. He wants to bless us. Our father owns cattle, the scripture says, in a thousand hills. The silver and the gold, everything in the earth is his. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about, you know, name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and, you know, you know all this because that's not, that's not what it's about. Jesus was homeless at times. There was times where he says, you know, the birds have nests and the son of man doesn't have where to lay his head. So... Let's not measure our lives on what we have and what we don't have. What we do have is salvation. Amen. What we do have is an inheritance in heaven. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. I wasn't going to take too long for here, but so I want to say the message of the title of this message is PUSH. I told you I like acronyms, and I stole this acronym from, from uh, Google a couple years ago, and I brought it before. And the title of this message is Push. Pray until something happens. We are to continue to ask. Don't get tired of asking. Don't get tired of knocking. Don't get tired of searching. Knock until your, no your knuckles are raw. Ask until you go hoarse. Continue to search the scripture. For the promises of God, they're there. How many promises do we know? All the promises are uh, for us there. A lot of them are first to Israel and us. We were adopted. God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he knows the plans that he has for us to prosper us, to give us a future and a hope. Amen. Amen. God is good. 
But in the Bible, it also talks about travailing in prayer. And I'm good I have plenty of time. I wanted to get to this part. Because the first time I preached, we were talking about it was easy. Because God is there. But you know what? As, as we get to know the Lord more and we start searching scripture, there's verses that we really have to dissect. Jesus travailed in prayer just before he was going to be crucified. What does travailing mean? What does when the scripture says that a fervent, the, the prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So sometimes not only dissecting um, the verses, we got to see certain words. What does tri travail mean? So I just went to the dictionary and looked at it. All right. And it says here travail, physical or mental, laborious, painful, exertion. All right. Fervent, passionate, intensity, sincere, heartfelt, fanatical, spirited, burning hot, honest. Someone once said that God doesn't listen to foxhole prayers, and I, I, I beg to differ. There was a time that I was having a, an experience of a spiritual kind, and I felt something come in my room and was choking me, but there was nobody there. But I felt something grab me by my neck, and it was choking me, and I couldn't say anything, but I was able just to cry out, Jesus. And all of a sudden, there was, it was peaceful in my room. It was peace in my room. Scripture tells us that our fight is not against flesh and bones, but against principalities and the rulers of the heavenlies. It also talks about that we have uh, armor that we need to wear. Man, the helmet of salvation, it continues with the breastplate. We need to know what the armor of God is. We have an enemy. We are at war. Not only out there in the Middle East, but right here. We have an enemy that wants to destroy our marriages, that wants to destroy our children, and we need to learn to fight. And one of the things that we need to learn to do is, is pray. And it's not just, you know, Jesus, bless me, my four, and no more. I stole that from another preacher, too. You know, no, just bless me and you and, that, and then that's it. You know, or just say the Lord's prayer and that's all. There were times that in the days of old that men would rent their clothes and put ashes over their head in repentance. And unfortunately here in the West in the United States, you can't say anything because in a lot of places because, you know, it's not politically correct. You don't want to offend anybody. By praying, but it says here that we have to travail in prayer, that we have to fervently prayer, and it's just God just help me bless my food. And this, there are times that we have to cry out to the Lord, cry out to the Lord. That's one of the things, and I'm not to share everything that, that went down when we went in a retreat, but that was one of the things that we did, and I enjoyed it so much that that pastor would have us stop praying. He said, let's start praying, start praying out loud. And we all were starting to pray all out loud. And my wife tells me, calmate, which means calm down. You can call me Robert Hernandez, a.k.a. Jeremiah, the crime prophet. <laughs> Amen. Because as we were praying, and every time we prayed, I felt like 
scales coming off of me. I didn't share it with the guys, but I just felt like things were coming off of me when we prayed. So we have to learn to pray together. Amen. Amen. We have to learn to pray together. I want us to all stand a minute. We can all stand. We can all stand. Hallelujah. If you can stand, stand. And I want to encourage you to keep pushing. When you see your brother doing a week, ask him, ask her, are you pushing? Are you pushing? Are you praying until something happens? You know, don't give up. Keep asking, keep pushing, keep knocking. And I just want us to take a minute. We have a lot to be grateful for. Let's thank the Lord. Let's start thanking the Lord right now out loud. Nobody got, trust me, we're here with family. Start thanking the Lord right now for, for what he has done, for what he's doing, and what you want him to do in your life. Amen. Let's just thank in the Lord. You can bow your head. Nobody's going to look. All heads bowed and all eyes closed. And let's just praise the Lord. Let's just thank him. Father, we just come before you. We thank you. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. All that you are doing and all that you just to do in our lives, Lord. We thank you, dear Lord, that you are breaking, Father God, the strongholds in our lives, the strongholds in our family, dear Lord. Thank you that you're making the crooked way straight, Father God. We just ask you to continue to give us, Father God, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding to do your will. We thank you, dear Lord. We ask you to help us to, to, to learn to pray, to, to help us to do your will, Father God, that we can see what you want us to see, dear Lord, that we can hear what you want us to hear, dear Lord, that you use us in a mighty way, Father God, starting here in our neighborhoods and in our families, for your glory, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.